My name is Matt Crowder, professional musician and one tired Tommy from Danville, Virginia. Be sure to follow us on Facebook.com slash The Decord or hit us up at The Decord on the Twitter. Also, click that follow and subscribe button on iTunes and SoundCloud. Keep sending in your original music to The Decord Show at gmail.com and I'll put it on the show. This week's guest is Glenwood Smith. He and I discuss songwriting, traveling, and family, with a little bit of astronomy thrown in there for good measure. Plus, original music from the man himself. The Decord starts now. In a world where music is passion. You, you like it. it. You like yeah, it. You, you enjoy want to doing do it. it. Of course. Yeah, of course. A hometown kid pursues his dreams. There, there are certain things that just happen within your life that you, you just know that it's what you're supposed to do. Introducing Matt Crowder as himself, interviewing fellow musicians and colleagues in the wacky. We were turned down to leave one night, and a kind of drunk girl stole one of my drums and t- took off to the car with it. <laughs> she wanted a souvenir. Wild. I almost got shot. <laughs> He's like, I heard somebody coming to the door. I knew what's going on. He's like, it's like, dude, it's me. <laughs> Wonderful world of the music biz. This is the decord. My name is Matt Crowder. I'm the host of this podcast, and with me today is special guest Glenwood Smith. Welcome to the show, buddy. All right. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's just dive right in, man. Like, uh, where are you from originally? Uh, how'd you get started in music? Uh, I was born in Norfolk, and um, Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk, for you people that don't know what Norfolk is. <laughs> uh, I got into music thanks to my grandma when she bought me the album The Early Beatles, when I was five years old. So like that was like the first record you ever had was the Beatles record? Well, I had some That's Chipmunks true. records. <laughs> some little children's 45s, you know, Fuzzy yeah. Wuzzy and stuff like sure. that. Sure, yeah, that's pretty cool, yeah. But like the Beatles were your first... Uh, Rock and roll, real music, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, did you wear the grooves out, you know, all that stuff? Oh, definitely, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I would pantomime to it. Uh, it was my adventure into pantomiming as well. You know, I would take the uh, handles off the fireplace utensils and use it as a microphone. <laughs> pantomime to every song. Nice, nice. Um, so, when did you get into playing? Uh, is my father was the minister of music at the local church, and um, okay. when he bought some pianos for the church, he. Got a deal on one for us, and so um, once we had the piano there, I, not only were we taking lessons, but I also was venturing into my own uh, composing of some sorts, you know, when we yeah. had the piano. So about how old were you when, when you got the pianos? Ten. Yeah? Ten, yeah. eleven, maybe. That's cool. So you just started exploring, playing around with it? Yes. It's, it's, it's a nice, uh, which I, I can't play piano, but I remember when I was a kid, uh, my aunt, uh, she had one, and I would just sit there and, and make little melodies and stuff like that on it, which is cool because it's all laid out flat yeah. for you. So The piano is the ultimate instrument because of that. You see what you're playing instead of memorizing fingerings. Uh, yeah, yeah. You actually can see it laid out in front of yeah, you. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild, too. Because especially because, I mean, you don't have those, the sharps and flats are separate. Right. Well, depending technically, on... <laughs> technically they are. 
the sharps and flats can also be the white keys too, depending on what key you're in. Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, so and that's I mean, it's a lot goes into that. Though. There's a there's it's a wild there's sustained pedals yeah. and there's damping, softening yeah. pedals. Yeah, it's truly a truly a unique uh, instrument, and the action from when you press the key before the hammer strikes a string is many many individual pieces of wood and springs and yeah. straps yeah. And it's quite a i know a lot of the uh, the, the electronic keyboards uh, have like weighted keys to give you that that fe- same kind of feel i guess try to at least yeah 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 it's definitely not the same piano is a unique unique instrument among instruments you know sure so like uh, you're 10 11 years old uh, when you first started playing uh, Actually, I have to say, in the third grade, you know, we had the little plastic recorders handed yeah. out. Everybody, I'm <laughs> I sure. Had, yeah. Um, Hot cross my buttons. mother was a cross guard, and I'd be waiting for her to get off of work, you know, and then we would go home together. And uh, I learned that if I opened up a finger in between two fingers, or if I barely raised a finger off of a hole, that I could create an accidental. So I suddenly had a chromatic uh, recorder instead of the mm-hmm. diatonic. And uh, huh. so I actually was learning, uh, you know, the principles of music with the little plastic recorder. Yeah, thing. yeah. So That's, it was in me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You had that curiosity yeah, to explore. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely something inside. So uh, you said you started, you were kind of creating your own little pieces too? Yeah. So that Not was, on the re- recorder. But on but the piano. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, were you writing words or just music or? Just uh, tones, you know, music. Uh Um, First piece that I did basically was, I guess you could say it was kind of like, you know, the classic uh, A minor uh, walk down, like, say, 25 or 6 to 4, you know. Mm -hmm. this That kind of A, G, F sharp, F, E kind of thing, you know. That was probably my first. uh, So, um... I mean, just even that at a young age, you were creating music, and, yeah. and and so like it was kind of like a nice little boot camp in a way of sorts, you know, just getting your hands on it for the first time and really getting to explore. So I mean, obviously that led you to you know you're that's pretty young. So like yeah. about which time did you start playing with other people, or or is that what was that the next step? Um. Well, I I was joined band. Okay. Yeah. Um, I played woodwinds in the school band. Uh, I was in the choir at church. Um, Then I was sent away to a farm, and at the farm I um, was introduced to the guitar. So uh, although I had started working on majors and minor chords on the piano now playing strictly chords it helped me in my understanding yeah. of the chords on the piano more. one kind of um, helps the other yeah yeah at that point i started actually playing and um writing with other people at that point mm-hmm. i was 16 17 years old at that time and it was pretty much around then that i decided hey this is what i would like to do write music yeah yeah so um you know, after that, I mean, what were some of your first bands as far as that stuff goes? Like, other than like just playing around, sitting around, hanging out, and when did it become like where you got serious about it? Where you was like, "Hey, this is." Uh, let's well, go out I there. played in the church. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. went to a um, 
church that didn't have a piano player and they sang choruses knowing the chords, uh-huh. you know, simple chords, I got up there and I started playing at that church. And then it just started uh, becoming more and more. The pastor gave me a key. I started spending all of my free time at the piano. I started learning. Um, a friend of mine had a book on chord construction, which that opened up my eyes to a whole new world of um, music. And um, from that point, you know, I, it was like, yeah, this is, I want to be a songwriter. That's, I mean, that's great. Like, um, you know, it's, it's interesting too, because I, I started playing in church. That was where I got my, some of my first uh, chops down, right. you know, like <laughs> learning how to play bass and guitar there, just chords, and then and learning how the notes work on the bass. And like you said, with the guitar and piano, it was very much the same thing, where they kind of help each other, help you to understand the other instrument better. Right, both of them helped me. Uh, you know, the, knowing the piano helped me f- figure out how to finger certain chords on the guitar without really even knowing the yeah. proper fingerings. Yeah. And, you just uh, knew the notes. You knew which notes you had to to play. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> True. So, uh, do you remember um, one of the first songs you've ever written? You, you'd ever written? Do you? Yeah, I wrote a. Um, well, besides the first uh, little instrumental thing that I uh-huh. did, um, I wrote a kind of a wild uh, psychedelic song called uh, "Dark Side Fried." Mm-hmm. Then about what 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 time frame is this? Probably fifteen, I would say nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, <laughs> That'll let people figure out how old I am. When you start talking about psychedelic <laughs> stuff, I just, I just it was back in the days of psychedelia. Okay, <laughs> which uh, they you know it's still days of psychedelia still uh, are still. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I was about fifteen, I guess. Um, as when I. Uh, was at the farm. It was a church farm, so I started uh, seriously, I guess, compiling songs. Um, I would put music to psalms. Uh, I was really, um, I really wish that I could have heard the music that King David had written. You mm-hmm. know, that was something I really wish. But I put uh, music to a lot of his psalms. Um, I guess I. I rewrote some of the words, you know, to fit sometimes, you know. Um, so at that point, I started compiling a notebook. Um, well, that's kind of neat, though. That was it, it kinda, 16, you 17 have, you have these, years old. You have these, these, these scripture, these words, these lyrics, and you learn how to fit them within the music. Right. So that's that's pretty neat. Nice little, like, you know, it's crazy how, like, uh, that, that autodidactic nature... Uh, those, those you didn't are, tell me I was going to have to have a dictionary. No. <laughs> Basically, it just, it's just a it's a ten dollar word meaning you know self taught. You know, and I'm I'm the same way. I go out and I do research. I explore. I, I seek. Me too. You know, and I think yeah, obviously you're the same way. I am. So definitely uh, a seeker. <laughs> so tell us about some of the uh, like early bands and stuff like that. Uh, Besides. Uh, playing with a few people here or there or playing accompanying people when I first played in a band I was um hitchhiking back and forth across the country and stuff and I had temporarily settled in a small town south of Tulsa and um it was a college town 
Oklahoma State Technical University was there. And um, so I roomed with um, three other cats, one of them that I knew from back here in Chesapeake. And uh, two of the guys were in a band, so I just joined their band. I bought a um, Wurlitzer electric piano, and uh, we played in a band. Then I started playing in a band with some cats in Tulsa for a little while. Then um, I ventured on. and What kind of music? Uh, rock and roll and some original stuff. Okay. Blues, rock and roll, some originals. Whatever the classics were at that time, which they're still the classics today. Too, yeah. Still, right? <laughs> Not unlike the classics that you hear on the radio on a classic rock station, though. Serious classics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, so after Tulsa, is that when you made your way to Virginia or? No, I was... I was still moving around. Um, uh, Where are some old places you've been? Well, Santa Monica, Galveston, um, New York, Waltham, um, throughout Virginia and North Carolina. Um, so you like uh, you'd stay there for like for a little few, brief few months or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. until the till the law caught up with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just a joke. <laughs> so you weren't an outlaw on the no, run, no. you know. You weren't I on the land to be, you yeah. know, like like all the other pretend pretentious outlaws are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I've never been on the lamb or anything. It was, it was just like an exploratory thing. You just wanted to see the, uh, the I was country, just a restless uh, soul, and um, kind of like being on the you road, know, and just going from meeting, here to there, people. and. A free spirit blowing in the wind and yeah, being blown by the wind, let me, let me say. <laughs> so sometimes it takes us in a, in a direction we never expected. But like, so Yeah, truly. So like, what would you do? Like, you, you just stop in these places, get get work, and then like hang around for a little while? And then... Sometimes work, you know, sometimes just, just going from here to there and depending upon the kindness of strangers and whatever, you know. Yeah. Make a you your know, own little Jack Kerouac, whatever little thing uh, to to tell you the truth. You know, when I read that book, I was thinking, "This is me." You know, <laughs> I'm serious. There's yeah. a lot of things in there that really were struck close to home. But um, just doing whatever, you know, and playing a little bit of music. You know, sometimes you know, make a few dollars doing that as well. You know? Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's pretty crazy. Not crazy, and but how I, mean, I that's ended just, up that's, here. So, man, that's that's quite the adventurous life. So I mean, like, what what brought you to Virginia, uh, Danville specifically, or were you? An old else girlfriend there? told me about this utopian community in Ringgold. Uh-huh. Everybody loved everyone, and people were building houses for people. And um, I had been um, just, I don't know, just longing for something. Road weary, a little road weary. Put my thumb up in the air and found myself here in Ringgold. And um, the next thing you know, here I am, except for two times when I've tried to escape. You know, I <laughs> keep waking up in, in Danville like some kind of crazy groundhog day. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is that the time that you, by the time you got here, is that the, around the same time that you formed uh, the Glenwood Smith Band, or was that later well, on? Well, Glenwood or? Smith Band was uh, something that was before it even became real. Um, I hated the name Glenwood when I was growing up. I was named after my 
grandfather, and I hated that name. Uh, first day of first grade school, the teacher called out my entire first na- my entire name, mm-hmm. and the class erupted in laughter. And uh, I hated <laughs> I hated the name ever since, you know. And um, I had even somehow convinced my junior high school to have my records changed to where it said Glenn Smith instead of Glenwood. And um, wow. Anyway, um, 14 years old, just goofing around like a 14-year-old. I took some school pictures, changed hair color, put beard on one, mustache, goatee on one, you know, all these different (laughs) things. And they were the Glenwood Smith Band. I don't know why I called it that, but it was these five guys, and they made up the Glenwood Smith Band. Mm -hmm. Um, As I started writing music and started recording in whatever means that I could record, if it was a cassette tape deck or whatever, uh, I actually would start calling that the Glenwood Smith Band. So it really revolved around me and my original music. And then if there was anyone ever participating in the playing of original Kirk music, that was the Glenwood Smith Band as well. Mm -hmm. So it's literally been... Just me. It's sometimes been six or seven different other people, yeah, uh, and everything in between. Huh. You know, basically, it's whatever. Uh, you've been in the Glenwood Smith band, <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've played done, and performed shows, yeah. uh, my music. So that's basically what the Glenwood Smith band is. It's original Glenwood Smith music, however it's being performed gotcha. or recorded. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Though. I mean, to start out as like a, just a. a a teenage fantasy yeah, kind of sort of it is, and then not not even really, really seriously playing or even having a thought of playing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. Just because I did play, I would lie to my friends and and say, "Oh yeah, I play the piano." You know, I brought a couple <laughs> of uh, rock and rollers over to the house one day when the family was out. They set up amps, drums. I uh, took the front off the piano. And I was sitting there just banging away on the keys. I had no idea what I was playing, but it didn't matter because you couldn't hear it. What I was yeah. doing anyway. They were all amazed, you know, that yeah. I was playing and keeping up with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's pretty People fun. called me Leon and stuff, even though I could barely, uh, barely <laughs> like play. Leon Russell? Yeah. Yeah, nice. So it was a hoax for a long time. So, it's, uh, so speaking of Leon Russell, like, uh, who are some of your influences as far as uh, your playing well, is him concerned? Well, him, definitely. Obviously, him. yeah. The Beatles, um, Steely Dan, Todd Rundgren. Um, after I started listening to it, uh, Mozart. Yeah. He blows my mind. The guy, um, I had he, a catalog. He was, did he go deaf? Is he the one that went No, deaf? that was Beethoven. Beethoven, okay. Yeah. Um, there was a catalog of obscure classical and jazz uh, recordings that I used to get, and there was this one thing in there it was the complete Mozart it was 180 CDs wow and the guy died when he was 35 years old <laughs> yeah that's I mean, why he's one of my heroes yeah I mean that's as far as how prolific you know to, to in 35 years yeah 35 years old and 180 CDs of compositions you know wow almost all of his music is like 35 or 40 minutes long every song you know each piece yeah, yeah. So it takes you through this entire adventure. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I didn't buy it, of course, because it was quite costly. Yeah, I'm sure. 
I'm amazed, and I do have a lot of his recordings. Wow. I got turned on to him by the discoverer of LSD who, uh, when he used to sit around and eat mushrooms with his friends, they would listen to Mozart and say, this is probably what the music in heaven sounds like. <laughs> so he mentioned one particular song. I searched for it just to judge yeah. for myself. And I ended up gathering a couple of recordings in the search for it. But, um, yeah, the, after studying his life and everything, it's quite an amazement yeah. what he accomplished in a short period of time. And Those uh, those great composers, uh, it's so interesting to listen to. It's, you know, you have to want to, you know, it, but it, I think it's important for everybody to appreciate it. And you have to it think, is, too. It is, like, an incredible feat. Uh, These guys had to hand record every note that they played yeah there was I no mean, recording equipment if not for if the, they didn't record it on paper it would yeah. be lost to the ages yeah. you know that's and what's really amazing they, yes truly they they documented this this music before you had to know um theory for your music to be saved yeah you know because <laughs> if you didn't know if you were just a like a writer like you know we yeah. are yeah you know what i'm saying if you don't know how to read or write if music read and write, you, know, you couldn't have written it you know it's incredible, you know. And uh, they claim that a, most of his manuscripts are written from beginning to end without even a single change. Huh. Like that he would just, it would just be flowing out of him. His writing, he would barely ever have any kind of changes or any he w- scratches. He wouldn't or go back and. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be like looking at my notebook and you see entire sentences scratched out or core yeah. changes change, you know. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean that's pretty incredible. I yeah. mean, especially when because he's not just composed. Is he w- w- the way that they compose? Was it mostly on piano, or was it they he would compose, compose the for entire all kinds of instruments? Yeah, you know? as an ensemble piece. So I'm like sure a, that he yeah he probably wow. if he didn't play them, he at least knew everything Had an understanding about of them, how you know? the other instruments work. Yeah, as well. so he's writing in different keys in the same song and different instruments you know and i mean you listen to some of the symphonies and it's like wow you know where does that come from yeah you know in a person's brain i mean the understanding because i mean that's what i mean he he's you know hearing the notes in his head you know it's like i'm always thinking that you know what what drives a songwriter where where does the music come from what's what are they thinking of yeah well like with beethoven you said like he was deaf right uh, and he grew deaf he grew grew to be deaf But still writing. <clears throat> he knew so much of the mechanics. Yeah. He could still write and knew what it was going to sound like. Mm-hmm. That's incredible, too. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. <laughs> it's not just like... Blah, 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 blah. They're worthy of uh, their longevity. You know? Yeah, yeah. They truly are. So, um, you know, Our two favorite composers are going to live in infamy with those guys, too, man. John and Paul. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so speaking of composing, uh, let's, let's go into some of your songs. Like, um, obviously... I mean, you've led somewhat of an adventurous life going all over the country. I mean, I'm sure that has to have some influence hearing all these different types of music from all these different areas and not just regionally. So so tell us how how your songs come about and what inspires you to write. Well, um, mostly my inspiration in composing just comes with sitting down at whatever instrument I'm in front of and just playing. Sometimes I'm trying to work on a particular idea, or sometimes I'm just discovering or just playing for the changes. joy of it. Yeah, and just playing, and just something, something goes. Hey, you know that sounds pretty cool. You know, you, you know run I mean. with it. That sounds like a nice change. And then I'll start playing around that. It'll 
it'll move me in certain directions and um it's all almost always and sometimes unfortunately uh music musically f- driven first yeah then um whether or not i have an idea lyrically um or sometimes not you know i'll start just thinking of something maybe one thought and then work around that thought or sometimes you know i've i've had entire songs just pop into my head and it's where you get sometimes feel like it's beyond myself yeah it's something that was put in my head almost yeah. you know <laughs> and it's just a matter of me correctly pulling it out yeah you know? yeah so I mean, sometimes it hits you both together. Like it happens to me too. Sometimes I'll write a piece of music. Sometimes I write lyrics, and then, but you know, you have a good one when they both like kind of come at the same right. time. Yeah, yeah. I've had entire songs, and I've known the entire song right away. It's just a matter of getting to some place where I can write it, get, find an instrument to figure out the correct chords, you know, or maybe even just all I have to do is find out what key it it is, you know. Sure. Um, then of course there's times when you, you work and struggle and sometimes a song actually takes a, an incredible long period of time. Maybe I've had a, one of my favorite songs. I just had an idea for a chorus mm-hmm. and, um, I struggled and struggled and I finally just put it aside and then later on the, the verses just easily came to me one night just playing the chorus and uh yeah it's wild how it works it is uh I, I keep notes on my phone so like if i have an idea i'll write it down right on, on the phone well and sometimes i'll record it instead of writing it down if i'm if i'm feeling lazy or if i already I have the guitar in my head i just want to play it i just want to feel it out i'll just record it and then i'll forget about it and so like uh there's a song i finished a couple, uh, maybe like a month ago, that I had started like a year ago, and just forgotten oh, cool. about it, and that's like what I mean. found it again. It was like okay, those those are pretty. That's a pretty cool line. Hmm. Like I'll I'll try to finish that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need to have that little space, you know, and it's songs that maybe aren't that hard worked on are better songs. But then don't get me wrong, because sometimes. A song that's seriously labored over can be equally as as good. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I've only had two occasions where I've actually written something lyrically first, with no idea of music, and then um, somehow or another found the perfect music to accompany it. And those are two of my my um, most profound musically yeah. profound songs actually huh, yeah. it's kind of wild trying to that's not find my the music uh, for the... that's not my forte you know it's usually like i said always music and then lyrics and then these two instances i just wrote these words and then the words were demanded something excellent you know what i mean and uh, with having no idea of the the music whatsoever and then it, for what I ended up working it up with both songs, I'm really proud of both of them. And yeah, we'll play. Uh, we'll play one of them uh, later. All right. Yeah, sounds good. You'll see what I'm saying. I'm gonna have Glenwood introduce this one. This is uh, one of the two songs that we were talking about, where the lyrics came first and um, 
compelled to try to write some really good music to some really good lyrics. And um, this, in turn, uh, happens to be one of my favorite songs. It's called um, Just Like a Dream. And the story was basically uh, a reoccurring dream that I had, and then somehow it came true and I quit having the dream. But here's the song. I must have stared at the ceiling all night Thinking about the way that I feel Did I really kiss your lips? Did I hold you in my arms? Wondering was it all really real? All my thoughts racing, the emotions, the memories You sitting there under the stars So unbelievable finding you here again Back in my life, back in my must have stared at the ceiling all night Thinking about the way that I feel Did I really kiss your lips? Did I hold you in my arms? Wondering was it all really real? Lost without words, I'm hearing your heartbeat You touched me and I felt your skin So overwhelming, still can't describe the feeling I looked in your eyes and saw you again I've seen so many nights before That I never thought would come true But we said goodnight and now I'm in a dream again And I can't tell you how much I'm here missing you Here missing you And I must have stared at the ceiling all night Thinking about the way that I feel did I really kiss your lips? Did I hold you in my arms? Wondering, was it all really real? Was it all really real? It's just like a dream. Was it all really real? It's just like a dream. Was it all really real? It's just like a dream. It's just like a dream So <laughs> So I mean, how would you describe your music if, mm. if you had to? <laughs> I know, I know, like uh, nobody really, nobody, enough. everybody wants to say it's just, it's just music, you yeah. Know? But if you had to pinpoint as far, I as, far as your really, influences um, go, and and how would you, how do you perceive your music? Uh, I try to write not being bound by genre. Okay, um, I try to pull out whatever I feel like is in my head. And um, so I'm not any particular kind of, you know, genre I wouldn't classify myself as. Um, I like um, jazz. I'm, I'm influenced uh, by jazz music and jazz artists, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because that particular genre features piano. Yeah, you have those transitions. Versus those, uh, yeah. any other genre basically you know you don't really hear piano that much um 
then again, I grew up listening to rock and roll, so I actually like the fusion of those two. Um, that's why I really like Steely, Steely Dan, Dan, yeah, of course, um, and and music such as that, you know. Um, so I feel like my music kind of leans towards a blues kind of rock, but at the same time, it's more complex because of my listening to jazz mm-hmm. and um, those transitional chords yeah so in there, I'm, yeah. I'm i'm writing beyond the one four five of the sure. basic yeah country and rock and roll music and um you know um it costs me some friends sometimes because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's always you know bitching because there's too many chords, right? Yeah. <laughs> jazz. What is this nonsense? What's this jazz? <laughs> yeah, that that tends to be whatever people don't understand or don't like. It, the word jazz gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I mean, like I've I've heard uh, oh, oh, quite a few of your songs, um, and they they seem to pull from from different aspects of life. Uh, many different aspects of life. Uh, there's one called Little One. Uh, what is that song about? That was after um, my daughter was born. And um, she's been probably one of my greatest inspirations musically. I've written more songs for her probably than yeah. uh, than any. Body else that I've ever written music for, and I always tell people I write my love songs for my daughter, and all my sad songs are for all the women that I've ever met. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, which isn't always true. I've written a couple <laughs> of love songs for for a couple of women I've been in love with, but um, but my daughter has been a truly great inspiration to me, and um, I've written a lot of music for her, and that one was one of the first songs after she was born i actually wrote a song the day that she was born um after she was born i went home for a brief uh moment to try to catch some rest and um and needless to say i sat down at the piano and just yeah. composed a song on her birthday and uh it was a, it's a cool song um um but i've still i'm still writing music for still 28 years later. I mean, yeah. 29 I mean, years, actually. I mean, obviously, I mean, that's a huge emotional. True. Very life changing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here's Little One. That you give, it's the reason that I live. 
changing so she was just a tiny little baby when you wrote she was yeah she used to hold her head in my arm and her body would lay on my forearm basically you know and uh, (laughs) i played music for i sufficiently brainwashed her with all the correct music (laughs) (laughs) she was a beatles lover her first concert was ringo yeah her second concert was paul oh what a a great you know childhood as far as third concert was steely dan she later asked me when she's grown up a little bit she's like dad yeah Ringo Paul yeah but Steely Dan (laughs) (laughs) needless to say when she grew up a little bit more she appreciated it yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) it takes a little growing 
as a piano player herself, she started really appreciating the Donald Fagan chord changes. Sure, yeah. He's one of her heroes as well. She's seen him many times. So tell us about uh, some of your other uh, other songs. Uh, what, what, what are the other ones? Some of them out? are stories. Uh, some of them are real. Um, I write a lot of instrumentals. One day I'd like to do a recording of all instrumentals. Um, I'd like to do a lot more recording. Of course, uh, finances are a big uh, issue. Sure, especially yeah. when you're it, poor, it's, it's costly to to you know, have a good, good quality recording. Truly, <clears throat> not just finances, but time as well, and finding other people you know that interested in taking a part in your vision. You know, to lay sure. down their time as well. You know, and you're really fortunate. I've been very fortunate to have many uh, people play and play and be willing to play my own yeah. music. I thank you for being one of them people. Um, I've been lucky that every band I've been in uh, has played some of my original music. To me, that's kind of a testament yeah. to the quality or the sure, yeah. of the songs that you know people would be willing to add it into their yeah, yeah, cover band yeah, repertoire. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I actually had, a, had Sparky uh, on the show. Uh, it's been several weeks ago, but uh, I featured one of your songs on there that he that he played harp on. Blues number, yeah. Walked out. Yeah. Mark Earp and I put that together. Uh, we wrote about probably 14 songs together. And um, I had this dream, which actually Mark and I put a band together. We had been and put together several little projects that revolved around yeah. our original music. One of them was Dreams, which that was the whole premise, you know, our dreams. Um, we played like 31 out of 40 songs were originals and, so uh, so uh the name of the band was called dreams yeah and it was mostly all original music about your dreams dreams basically wow. yeah. yeah that's pretty interesting one of the songs was called big dreams um just about you know how it is you know you have these dreams you know what i mean yeah. you can't help it that's what drives you you know <laughs> you wouldn't do it if otherwise you know probably but um he and i wrote a bunch of stuff and i had like this these visions of him and I being a new Lennon and McCartney, you know, Becker and Fagan and Smith and Earp, you know, or Earp and Smith. We called our music Earth music, mm-hmm. uh, Earp and Smith. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And um, he was the perfect mix for me because he was the simple driving rock and roll and I was the jazzy lyricist, you yeah. know. So he would come up with these cool riffs and i would put chord changes and yeah so it was a nice lyrics yeah. yeah it was really we wrote some good music together mark's recording some of them as we speak uh, oh wow grease pit nice night, yeah nice. and um in some of my recordings you know probably there's uh mark Earp and glenwood smith you know song on most of them um, still. Well, speaking and, of the grease pit, uh, you were part of the the Let Us Be Heard album. True, I was lucky on that. I was hoping he was going to do a second one. I got plenty <laughs> more, you know. Yeah, sure. Plenty yeah. more to be heard. But yeah, that was a that was quite an honor, you know, to be considered among some of the other um, composers in this area. So There's some it? really good music on so, there. So tell us what song was was on Let Us Be Heard. It's called Under Your Spell, and it's. Um, 
It's a song about a man who falls in love with a prostitute, but he doesn't realize it, unfortunately, until after he's already under her grips, (laughs) under her powers. You know, it's basically a dialogue between the two. uh, Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it can be heard on the Let Us Be Heard album, Under Your Spell is the name of it. Okay, yeah, yeah, great. So um, you, you have a song... Because we both we both care about the people and our families. Obviously, your family's a big influence as far as your writing goes. We both have a song about our our grandmothers. Now, uh, mine's called uh, "It Breaks My Heart," and it's I, a beautiful it, song. And, and I think I've I've played it on the show before, a demo of it at least. And you have one as well. What is yours? Is uh, it's called um, "Whether Wealthy or Poor"? Excuse me. Yeah, wealthy or poor. Kind and, of a lot um, of the same themes as well between uh, between our two songs, even though they're <laughs> they are close closely uh, related to each other. Um, mine, my grandmother was um, already uh, her second husband um, had passed away, and she was by herself in the nursing home, and I was visiting her, and um, in spite of her frailty and age, her eyes were still just brilliant and and youthful and they were just something that I remember having seen and cherished my whole life and uh basically the song is um is about all the different changes in my life but here's something constant and it's as constant as the stars up in the sky yeah. and I'm I'm rich because of it because mm-hmm. I know that it's something that I can count on and it's something that's fulfilling uh, in my life and so because of that and that alone um, I'm I'm a rich man because yeah. of it and it's not just my grandmother I say this I see it in my daughter's eyes as well sure you yeah. know and so I know that there's that fixed um, thing that'll always be there in my in my existence no matter where I am in this world or life or what that's what the basics of the song is this one is entitled wealthy or poor two three i've lived on this earth watching days turn to years i've shared lots of lambs and shed many tears I've lived off the land And I've slaved in the mills I've drank from the streams Been drunk from the stills And the one thing I see When I look in your eyes Is the same thing I see Up in the stars in the sky The things I can count on Make me a rich, happy man No matter how wealthy Or poor that I am I've been up and down And I've been here and there 
I give heart and soul Still some people don't care I've seen things that you Could never believe I've been out of this earth been inside of me And the one thing I see When I look in your eyes Is the same thing I see Up in the stars in the skies The things I can count on Make me a rich, happy man No matter how wealthy or poor that I am No matter how wealthy Or poor that I am With you here beside me I'm the luckiest man The day's bright or dark we're in each other's heart and There's nothing on earth that I take for that No, 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 no I look in your eyes It's the same thing I see Up in the stars in the skies The things I can count on Make me a rich, happy man No matter how wealthy Or poor that I am No matter how wealthy or poor that I am. Well, speaking of stars, you're uh, into astronomy as well, right? Heavily. <laughs> I'm a star stare. Well, it's I, I don't know exactly where where my house lays as far as in the in which whatever direction, but. Always around this time of year, when it starts getting cold, Orion is right over top of my house every time I, I come home. So I always—that's always like, right. oh, I know I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> if I had nothing to else but to go on but the stars, I could—I just look for Orion. Well, it's hard for me to say anything, <laughs> uh, not knowing what time of the night or anything it would be. But uh, yeah, at this particular time of the year, Orion is beginning to rise in the east later at night. So. As you would be coming down, you would be probably facing eastwardly, and there it would be. He's usually rising like, up over like your house. If you're house. looking at the front of my house, right. like he's usually like behind it, like I over top. Well, if it's up high in the sky, yeah, then you're looking towards the south at that point, okay. and that's where it would be. Yes. Okay. Well, awesome. Yeah, it's a winter time, uh, and also, like I said, at this particular time, getting closer to winter, it's starting to rise, and later in the night, you can see it higher in the sky. It's a very easily recognized yeah. constellation. So do you do a lot of stargazing and stuff like that? Yes. 
lot of hiking. I love to hike. Yeah, true. Yeah, and um, some sometimes I'm out there and sometimes writing. You know. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's very inspiring. And now, now that we have the telephones, you know, before it was something else. I used to have one of those little micro cassette recorders. I used to have to carry around with me. Got a bunch of yeah those little tapes. You know, at home. You uh-huh. know, had to peel through and uh, yeah. Now, of course, you know. Kids just uh, don't know, you know, because yeah. now you got everything. I mean, hey, you got tutorials, uh, videos, uh, lyrics, charts, uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Back in the old days, you had to struggle. You had to sit there and take the needle <laughs> off the record and put it back down again and listen again. Man, I can remember uh, sitting around with the band trying to figure out the words for That'll Be The Day, and we finally figured it out turtle dovin i had never heard this phrase before mm-hmm. in my life and so while we were listening to it it's like what is he saying man turtle dovin mm-hmm. it's like turtle dovin <laughs> never had heard this phrase so of course it was difficult yeah yeah and growing up and singing a song and my daughter would say what did you say and yeah. she would tell me lyrics that i had been singing wrong for 30 years you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's quite humbling <laughs> Especially if it was the Beatles or something. Yeah, well, it's, it's much easier now because we can just literally go online and, hey, there, there's, there's the, the lyrics. lyrics boom. Yeah. There's the chord charts. Ain't got to worry about that. Of course, they're they're incorrect a lot. Oh, yeah. You still they, need to listen to the recordings. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. Um, I definitely use chord charts, especially when we do acoustic stuff, uh, Megan and I, because, I mean, we get a lot of requests. Right. And usually it's stuff that I don't know. <laughs> usually if one of us knows it, we'll give it a shot. But uh, it, it all just depends. But it, it definitely is a lot easier now Truly. to to at least make people happy. Ultimate with, Guitar, with that's a great yeah. website. Oh, yeah. Great great tool. I find myself there all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm a big person on believing in maps and uh, why struggle if there, you have a map, you know. And so there you go. Sure. I mean, I mean there's Like I said, I still listen to the recordings and... Uh, yeah, because those, I mean, they're not 100% no, accurate. of course not. A lot of times they're horribly like, incorrect. It, it could, I mean, just for a, as, a, as a quick example, it might say you're supposed to play a C right here when it's really a C major 7 or something like that, you know. You just have to use your ear to kind of figure it out. But So anyway, um, I, we're going to, I guess, sit down and uh, play some of these songs. Cool, I'd love to do that. And then... Uh, and we'll we'll uh, I'll put one right here, um, and then I'll put some of the others further on back in the interview a little cool. bit <laughs> through the magic of editing. Awesome, man. <laughs> magic. So uh, before we get into that, like, uh, is there any place that that uh, we can find your music online, or is it available anywhere uh, as far as that goes? I know I know that Let Us Be Heard is on iTunes and stuff like that, but. I need to uh, get my stuff on iTunes. Um, I used to have it uh, for sale all over town. Mm-hmm. Now it's for sale through me. Uh, it's also for sale uh, at cdbaby.com. Okay. So, I mean, if somebody wants to get it, I mean, they can just contact you on Facebook. Truly. Do you have your own uh, Facebook page as far as dedicated to just your music? or Yes. Um, Glenwood Smith. It's under uh, Roughwood Music. Okay. Facebook slash Roughwood Music. Okay. All right, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it, Matt. Seriously, thank you for having me, man. It's an honor. (laughs) Thank you so much. Glenwood, take it away. This particular song is called North Wind Flight, and 
It's a tale. I tell people that I wrote this in another lifetime. It's about a minstrel um, in a certain kingdom who is called, summoned to play in another kingdom that no one that he knows of or himself has ever been to, traveled to, and their uh, ruler has just perished, and he's been summoned by the queen to come and be a comfort you know, to grieving hearts. Um, so this is from the minstrel's uh, words, Northwind Flight. Gather round and lend an ear to what I have to say I've been on a trek across the dark great bay A golden queen, a broken heart had beckoned me to play It was a long and weary trip by horse three days with the finest of my garments and the finest tailored thread I adorn myself in ready for the queen And I did pack my pipes and strings and drew with haste out from the east To the courts of what the likes I'd never seen not many tales had yet been sung, not a single chime did ring For the land out past the hills who lost their king For few have seen, and less have tried the soils of the great bay But to lighten hearts of grief was my crusade so I journeyed past the hills and to the paths around the bay Through the forest and the fields I made my way To the palace of the queen whose face was fairer than the day At her throne I bent my knee and did proclaim I arose with Message at bright dawning Crying the courts of the far west Has summoned thee And so I took up on the wings Of the morning On a north wind flight out to the edge of the sea Stowed on me no treasure, no silver and no ring The gift was mine to give, so I did sing I sang of life, I sang of peace, I sang of noble saints I played with all my skills till day grew faint 
And the maiden slept in dance And all the bells began to ring For the sorrow death had wrought Had lost its sting And they set for me a table And made glad my heart with drink For their hearts were filled with joy And songs to sing I arose with a message at bright dawning Crying the chords of the far west as summoned me So I took up on the wings of the morning On a north wind flight out to the edge of the sea I arose with the message at bright dawning Crying the chords of the far west As summoned thee So I took up on the wings Of the morning On a north wind flight out to the edge of the sea Well, that's going to wrap up the episode, but before I go, just a quick announcement. With my busy schedule as it is and seemingly getting harder to maintain, I'll be releasing episodes bi-weekly. The show isn't going anywhere. I just need more time to produce episodes. As always, thank you so much for listening. See ya! <laughs>